Okay, Parshas <laughs> Shemois, starting a new Chumash, and um, really starting the story of uh, Klal Yisrael, B'nai Yisrael, whereas the previous Chumash was the story of the Oves of our nation, and the Shvatim, this is the story of the children, and the story of B'nai Yisrael. So, we um, go into Golos in this week's Parsha, because even though we had entered into Mitzrayim earlier already, but the Golos didn't really begin, the bondage did not begin, mm-hmm. until after the passing of all the Shvatim. Um, and in this week, the uh, Shibud, the bondage, gets very difficult. And then Hashem comes to Moshe Rabbeinu towards the end of the Parsha, and Hashem reveals himself to Moshe in the first revelation in the burning bush. And they have this whole back and forth. It goes on for a number of days, according to the Medrash, a week. And Hashem tells Moshe to go and redeem the Jewish people. Moshe asks Hashem an interesting question. He says, they'll ask me, what's your name? What will I tell them? They'll ask, what's your name? And Hashem says, and that's where our page begins, Hashem tells Moshe, literally it means, I'll be who I will be. And he says, this you should tell the Jewish people, and that becomes a, it's a question if that's the name of Hashem, or not a name of Hashem, an expression, but that's what he used, the word, which means, I will be. And there's so many interpretations and explanations in this Pasuk, one of them that we discussed uh, last year, but now we're going to go a different route. Medrash Rabbah. Medrash says, Amar Rabbi Yechanan. Rabbi Yechanan says, la'asher I will be for who I will be, be yechidim. That's when they're yechidim, when they're individuals. I'll be merubim, but when there's many, when it's a tzibur, when it's a klal, a community, al karcham shaloi b'tevasam. Whether they like it or not, whether they're interested, even if I have to break their teeth, mm-hmm. I will be a king over them. Shanemar, as the Pesach says, He says, Hashem swears, If not with a strong and outstretched arm, even with a pouring, an outpouring of wrath, I will reign over you. What does this medrash mean? So the pshat of the medrash is the following. Eyashereya makes it sound like, well, if you want, I'll be your king. It's like it's up to you. So here Rabbi Yechanan is saying in the medrash, he says the concept that it's up to you is as far as the individual is concerned. In other words, a person might opt out. You know, I'm not interested. Hashem says, okay, you don't want, is nish. So I won't be your king. But Hashem says that's never going to happen for the community. On an individual level, a person has the ability to say, you know what, I'm not interested. And I opt out. Hashem says, okay, I'm not forcing you. But can the whole community opt out? Can Kala Yisrael say, you know what, we're not interested anymore? Hashem says, no. As far as the Merubim, when we talk about the Sibur, I will make it my business and I'm going to be your Melech, whether you like it or not. That's in a simple shot what that Medrash is saying. I understand what you're saying. I still don't get it out of the word, eh, yeah, that you have your free will, but not the... Right. So, hey, okay. yeah, Hashem is, I'll be for who wants. Right? Hey, I'll be with you if you want. Oh, if you want. Uh-huh. But it says, but that's only for Yechidim. For a Yachid, I'll be with you if you're up to it, if you want. But for the Tzibur, I'm not giving them that option, Hashem oh. says. This is going to be my Tzibur forever. Oh. This is my Klal Yisrael. And I'm going to be their king, whether they like it or not. The Yachid might be able to opt out. Now, the truth of the matter is that that really happened when they left Mitzrayim. Because we know that on an individual level, many Jews never left Mitzrayim. Right? Famously, we're told that by Makas Cheshach, tremendous amounts of Jews who didn't want to, didn't leave. In fact, there's the famous question that it says, many, many people did, did, never left Mitzrayim, never joined Klal Yisrael, really. And the Shiloh is, why not? So we say, because they're Rishayim, because they're wicked. 
But the truth is, many people who left were Rishoyim. Many people who were still Rishoyim after they left, Dustin and Aviram and so many others. So who decided who came and who didn't? You know, who stayed in Mitzrayim? And the answer that's given as far is, whoever didn't want to, didn't leave. If they weren't, if you weren't interested in coming out, you stayed in Mitzrayim. And that's really what this Madras is telling us. That on, a, on an individual basis, people did have the option. You don't want to be part of it? Okay, no problem. You'll stay in Mitzrayim. But the Tzibur Hashem says, the Tzibur is coming up. I'll be your melech. That is what happened when we left Mitzrayim, that many people had that option and they, um, and they actually executed that option of not joining Klal Yisrael in the Gula and they stayed back. What the about... The majority, because it's Hamush, right, only even, one in five left. Right, right. According to one Medrash, it was the majority that didn't make it out. And that's correct. That's correct. The Shaila is, what about the Gula that we're waiting for? Right? That was the first time around. That's when we left Mitzrayim. What about Mashiach Sidkenu that we're waiting for after all of these years? Here is near that same concept. That if a person opts out, will he not come back to the coming of Mashiach? Or is everyone coming out? And that's what I want to talk about tonight. And there's, there are different views on that. But we'll talk about a Hasidic um, view. What's that topic again? On what? What's the last sentence? When Mashiach comes. Yeah. Are we all going out? Or Nobody is there also... left behind, according to Avram Freed. <laughs> okay, so that's, so that's what we're going to learn. That's what we're going to learn. So, when we talk about the coming of Mashiach... No Jew will be left behind. So, and that's what we're talking about now, that even though then, even though when we left Mitzrayim, on an individual basis, a person could decide not to go out, and the attacker didn't, many were left behind, what's it going to be like when Mashiach comes? So, when it comes to the coming of Mashiach, what's the primary source in the Torah for the coming of Mashiach? Right, we know it's one of the principles of our faith, the 12th of the 13 principles of our faith is the coming of Mashiach. But where is it written in the Torah that Mashiach will actually come? Rambam famously says three sources from the Torah for the coming of Mashiach. And what is the primary one is a few psukim in Parshas Nitzavim, which we have here in the next paragraph in the bold letters. The Pasuk says, Nitzavim remembers after Parshas Kisavos, after all the curses and the, and the promise of exile. And then it says, When all these things will happen to you, the blessings, the curses, that I have placed before you. Hashem will disperse you. There is going to be exile. And then you will take it to heart. You'll recognize you're in exile. Things aren't going well. You'll return to Hashem. And listen to His voice. Hashem says that ultimately in exile, the Jewish people will return to Hashem. Them, their children, with all your soul, with all your heart, or heart and soul. And then you have the promise of redemption. Hashem will return the captives. He'll shower you with mercy. He'll gather you in from all the nations. That Hashem spread you to them. Even if you'll be far flung to the corners of the heavens, from there Hashem will gather you, from there Hashem will bring you back to Eretz Yisrael. This is the clearest promise in the Torah, that there's going to be a redemption. There's going to be an exile and will be spread all over the world, which we sort of figured this out already, right? We're very much spread all over the world. And Hashem promises that we will return. But before return, He says something else is going to happen. What does he say is going to happen? We're going to do tshuva. Right? That's what it says in the Pasuk. It's right there in the Pasuk. He says, you're going to be exiled, and there in the exile, you will take it to heart, and vishafta ad Hashem you're going to do tshuva. 
That's what it says. And in fact, if we go, let's just skip one paragraph and go to the Rambam. The Rambam of the laws of tshuva. He says, Kol kulan All the prophets said, all told us to do tshuva. The Geula, the final redemption, is going to be through Tshuva. Ukvar Hifticha Torah. Torah promised. Shesoyf Yisroel Lasseis Tshuva Besayf Galusam. Torah promised that we are going to do Tshuva. Umiyadhen Nigol, and immediately we will be redeemed. Shanemar, as the Pasik says, in the Ramam quotes the Yisrochim we just read, Vahoyo ki avoyu elecha kaladvorim. That all these things will happen to us and we will go into exile and we will return to Hashem and Hashem will then return and bring us back to a state of Geula. So, we have a promise from Sukim that we will do tshuva as a nation and that Hashem will bring us back into Golas and the Rambam sees this Pasuk as a halacha. Hifticha Torah. The Torah promised that we will ultimately do tshuva and we'll come back. It doesn't say Mashiach though. You were saying, yeah. these were the source of Mashiach coming. The, this is the source for the ingathering of the exiles. Oh, yeah, that after Golis, there will be Geula. No, this passage doesn't talk, there's courses of Tchiasim as well. But as far as talking about the concept of Kibbutz Golias, that we will, will be lost from Eretz Yisrael and we will come back from Eretz Yisrael, these are, the, these are the top sukim that deal with that. Right? There's others. There's the Nevoas of Bilam that are talking about it. There's other sources. So in the prophecies of Bilam, he talks about the king that will do that. Uh, Prophet of Bilam, he talks about. Um, Where have you been in, 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 in Bilam? Okay, that's another question. But, but there's, the, the Ramam talks about three different sources for Mashiach, and then in the, in the words of the prophets, it's all over the prophets, right? The Ramam says, in the words of the Nevi'im, Kol hasforim meleim dovarzeh. That's the Ramam's words. He says that all of the books of the Nevi'im are filled with promises of redemption. You look through the Yerio and Yeshayo, they're full of promises of Gula. Where's that? So Tchiyas HaMesim, there isn't one. Um, clear pace in Chumash that talks about Chiesa Mesim. There is indications of it, like Az Yashur Moshe. So it says in the future, Moshe will sing, Rashi says, Mikan Chiesa Mesim in But it's more so in the Nevi'im, like Yecheskel, when Yecheskel in the Valley of the Dry Bones, when he revived the dead, he says this is going to happen in the future as well. Mm-hmm. So in the prophecies, there's much more about it in clearer form. Right? Okay. So the Torah promises that we'll do tshuva, Mashiach will come. But will everyone do tshuva? And again, the question is, is it like a general thing? There's going to be some shuva movement and Mashiach will come. What about everyone? So here we have, let's look at Rashi. I'm going back a paragraph now. Rashi on the verses when it says, Vishav Hashem that Hashem will gather in the captives. There's something interesting about the grammar there. It should have said, Vishav, that Hashem is gathering in the captives. It sounds like Vishav is if Hashem is coming back. So Rashi says, It should have said that Hashem is gathering in the captives. Rabbi Seinu, Lamdu Mikan, our teachers learned from here, that Hashem is with us in Golos. If we're in pain, if we're in Tzara, Hashem is with us. It's not like Hashem stays in Yisrael, sends us out to Golos. Hashem is here in the Tzara. And when we have our Geula, Hichtiv Geula La'atzmai. That he writes that he's also having geula, also being redeemed. Shehu yashuv imahem. That Hashem will return together with Klal Yisrael. That's the first shot in Rashi. Why it says Hashem will return. But then Rashi says something beautiful. An additional answer one can say, says Rashi. The day of the ingathering of the exile is so great and so difficult, so to speak. 
כאילו הוא עצמי צריך להיות איכס ביודו ממש איש איש ממקיימי. דרשם אז תגור את איש פרסון אין דר פלייס ותקח אותם בידי הנד ותקחו אותם לגאולה. אתם יודעים למה? לא כל אחד רוצה לגאול. <laughs> a lot of people are so comfortable in Golos, you know, Mashiach is here, you know, I'm not, I'm not running. Before. We've seen that before with Lok. Right? right? Well, yeah, good, good example. So it says, that's why it says Hashem is coming back, because Hashem has to go to every city, into every town, into every house, and take every person. In Shinemar, as the Pasuk says in Yeshayahu, Va'atem teluktu le'echad echad b'nei Yisrael. Hashem will gather every Jewish individual one by one. It's not going to be like, whoever wants, come. But rather that Hashem will actively be involved in going out and finding every last yid, va'atem teluk tu echad echad, gathering everyone and bringing them to Geula. And that's why it says, because that's the second explanation why it says, Hashem is coming because Hashem is going to each yid in their home and bringing them to that final Geula. <coughs> so this is a, a powerful Rashi that leads to this idea that when Mashiach will come, it's not just a, a general thing and, you know, the cloud will come back, but there's going to be this individual finding and bringing back every yid. Let's go to the next paragraph. The pa- fa- very famous pasuk we say in the davening Rosh Hashanah, V'hoya b'yoyimahu, it will be on that day, and this is a pasuk of Yishayohu. Um, I think that if you look through all the prophets, which prophet talked about Mashiach more than anyone else? As Yishayohu. Yishayohu was full of prophecies of Gula, and in fact, the name Yishayohu means... Yeshua, which means salvation. And he's the prophet that's constantly talking about our salvation. So the Navi Yishayahu says, Hoya Bayemahu, it'll be in that day, Yitoka B'Shoifer Godol, a great Shoifer will blow. Uvau Ha'evdim Be'eretz Ashur. Those who were lost, even in the lands of Assyria, V'anidachim, and those are far flung, Be'eretz Mitzrayim, in the lands of Mitzrayim. V'yishtachavu L'Hashem Ba'arakodesh B'Yerushalayim, they'll all come and bow on Hashem's holy mountain in Yerushalayim. It's interesting to note that Yishayahu mentions those who are lost in Assyria and in Egypt. Now, obviously, Assyria and Egypt were places. Well, Egypt's still a place. Um, <clears throat> but as far as today is concerned, I don't know how many Jews there are in Assyria and Egypt. And why is he specifically talking about the Jews of Assyria and Egypt? Mm-hmm. But before Shem say, one of the explanations given is it's not just talking about the places of Assyria and Egypt. He's talking about two types of Jews who are in two types of Golos. Those who are represented by the Golos of Ashur and those by the Golos of Mitzrayim. Ashur represents um, wealth and affluence. That's one type of Golos. The people are so people are so sunk into their wealth and their affluence that they forgot about the Torah, forget about Mashiach and about Geula. They're happy with their. Uh, Whatever, their cars, whatever Revolvo. it is, nothing against cars. <laughs> yeah, this is wrong, wrong subject. But no, 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 <laughs> so they're, they're, they're so into their affluence that they can't have no time for anything else. Yeah. Other people are in the Golas of Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim yes. represents is tsar, Tsaris and Tsar and difficulty and pain and health issues and problems of all types. And a person might be sunk into that Golas and therefore has no time or no head for the Torah, Mitzvah, and Hashem. And that's what the Navi is saying, when Mashiach will come, every Yid will be found. Whether they're, they're lost in a gullus of affluence or lost in a gullus of difficulties of service, the great Shoifer will call forth and find everyone, as Rashi says, one by one, every Yid will come back. Mm-hmm. So therefore, we have our concept that even though the first time around, even though when we left Mitzrayim, there was that ability to opt out. And I wasn't interested. Right? And as we said, according to some address, the majority of people weren't interested. 
And Hashem said, fine. And that was that first medrash that we have, eh, yasher, eh, yeah, if you want, we'll do it. I'll, my, the Sibur is coming. I don't need every yachid. I don't need every, every private person. That was the first time. I that was before Matan Torah. Before Matan Torah, our relationship to Yiddishkeit wasn't cemented. Uh, our, um, being the Am HaNifchar, Hashem's chosen nation, wasn't cemented until the giving of Torah. And therefore one could say, you know what, I'm not interested. And Hashem was fine with that. Once the Torah was given and a Yid becomes a Yid, it's not up to a person to opt out. Right? Just like today, a person, could a person say, you know what, I don't want to be Jewish and therefore I don't want this. It's not up to us. Matan Torah made us Hashem's Am HaNifchar and therefore the Geula also will be a Geula that will affect and bring every Yid back to Hashem. I want to, I want to skip for a moment to the paragraph that's right before the period. It's from Haggadah Shal Pesach. And this is a very famous idea. We say in the Haggadah, everyone knows we have in the Haggadah the four sons. And we have that son that we don't like so much talking about the Russia. When it says, Russia, Maho Omer, the Russia, what he said. And famously, the Russia says, What's all this Havoda to you? What do we respond to the Russia? Says, This was done to me, when I, for, for me when I left Egypt. Not you. If you wouldn't be there, you would not have been redeemed. And the question is, that doesn't sound like such an encouraging message. <laughs> what are you trying to tell the guy? Imagine you have by your Seder someone who's asking tough questions, and you say, you know what, you were out. you're out, you're out. You never would have come out of Mitzrayim. Should have stayed home. <laughs> That's not something that would seem to be very inspirational and very not um, uh, effective in trying to get a person to be better, right? Yeah. So, but the Rebbe would say a famous virtue. He would say, we're telling him that then... By Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, you could have opted out. Not today. Right? That's the idea that we're learning here tonight. If you would have had that attitude when we left Mitzrayim, then you wouldn't have come. But nowadays you're part of us. Nowadays you're part of these Kali Yisrael no matter what. So it's time, let, let's learn a little bit more. Let's, let's change the tone. Because now opting out isn't a possibility. And that's the difference between that first Geula, when we weren't yet the Amanif, but we weren't connected to Hashem in the way of Matan Torah, and therefore we had the ability of opting out, but not now. And that's what we're telling the Russia. Today, you are just as much as Jew as the biggest Sonic in the world, and therefore you're part of it. And therefore let's, let's learn and let's know more about it. Okay? Now let's go back. I know I'm sorry for going out of order tonight, but let's go back to the paragraph that begins with Shulchan Aruch Harav. And I want to, I want to learn something very magnificent. The Shulchan Aruch Harav, obviously written by the Rav Shneir Zalman of Liadi, the Balatanya, whose yard site is this week, on the 24th of Tevis, on Thursday night. And he says a fascinating idea in Halacha, and then in his book of Tanya as well. And I want to, I want to just touch on it. And that is, there is a concept of a person who learns Torah Shalai Lishma. Now, what's typical Shalolishma? Let's say a person who learns Torah because they want to uh, be wise or get a reward, people will respect them. So that's not the appropriate way of learning Torah. But should you still learn Torah? Yeah, of course. Even if you don't do it with the most altruistic um, you know, intentions, it will be good. But what if you do it Shalolishma much worse than that? You're learning Torah to be smart enough to, to, uh, debate. to debate. To go against the words of the Torah. What if someone learns Torah with the intention of not fulfilling what the Torah wants? He's going to use the Torah negatively. Should such a person still learn Torah? Should you teach Torah to such a person? Again, a person who learns Torah because, you know, for, for, for ulterior motives, then for sure teach them Torah. But if you're going to teach Torah to a person who you know is going to use that Torah against you, and they're not, you're going to learn the laws of Shabbos, they're not going to keep Shabbos. They don't want to keep Shabbos. They want to know it in order to mock it. 
Should you teach Torah to such a person? Yeah. So halachically, there's two opinions. Oh, really? There is an opinion that says, no, not him. That Torah is negative. That Torah is connected to the sources of impurity. But there's a second opinion. I want to read the second opinion with you. And it's in the laws. He, he wrote the Shulchan Aruch Harav. He wrote the laws of Talmud Torah. Actually, the first section that he wrote. It was printed in his lifetime. And he writes the following. Let's read the words. V'yash Omer. There are those that say. Now, first he brings the opinion that a person who learns that level of Torah don't teach him Torah. Then he says, V'yash Omrim Sha'af al Even a person who learns Torah in the worst possible way. La'olam yasek adam Torah. Still, one should study Torah. Even though he's coming, he's learning in a very negative intentions, he still, that might turn around. And he might start learning in order to keep the words of Torah. The light within Torah will bring him back to good. The Navi says, he bemoans the Jewish people. Hashem says, they left me and they don't do the Torah. Says, the, says, the, uh, says Chazal, Halavai oisi Hashem says, I wish, even if they forgot me, Terasi Shemaro, they wish they learned Torah. Hashem says, even if they forget about me, they should learn Torah. Why? Shahamar The light within Torah, the holiness of Torah, will bring them back. And then he adds, so says the sages of Kabbalah, the mystics. When a, a person might be a Russia, a wicked person, the Torah that they learn, the mitzvahs that they do, when they're learning Torah as a Russia, that might be very negative, and it might be adding power to Klippa, the forces of impurity. Nevertheless, when the person will do tshuva, a person might do tshuva in one reincarnation, or he might die and not do tshuva, he'll come back again, do tshuva in a later incarnation. The Pasuk says, no Jew will ever be lost to Hashem. Everyone will ultimately do tshuva. As I then, all of the Torah, the mitzvahs that they did negatively will be brought back and will be brought back to Kedusha when the person does Shuva. Therefore, one should never hold themselves back from studying Torah, even if it's with a negative intention. Because one day, every person is going to do Shuva. This reincarnation, next reincarnation, why must every person ultimately do Shuva? No neshama could be lost to Hashem. They're all parts of Hashem. Hashem is a part of Hashem invested in each and every one of us. So even you look at a person, he looks so wicked and they, they, they died without tshuva. Rest assured, they're coming back. They're going to do tshuva. Everyone's going to do tshuva. And then he says, that, that's in his book of Halacha, and then from his book of Tanya, chapter 39. That's why they are say to say, a person should always be involved in Torah. From Loilishma will come Lishma, Bivadai. There's no question that everything will ultimately come back. It's definite, there's no question that every Yid will do Tshuva in one incarnation or in the next. 
because no one will be lost from Hashem. So this concept of nobody will be lost from Hashem is the concept that we're learning about tonight. Ultimately, the final story, the final geula is one that every neshama will take part of because nobody can ever be lost from Hashem. So even halachically, that's why we're supposed to learn Torah and do mitzvahs, even if it's the worst level of Shalai Lashma, because we know and we believe that ultimately we're definitely going to be coming back. Every year will come back, and therefore every year will come back to the geula as well. Okay, um, you know, we have two more minutes. Let's hop around one last idea. Okay, so this parsha, we are introduced to Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu is the one who's going to bring us to the Gula. He's going to take us out of Egypt. Who's going to take us out of the final Egypt, out of the final, uh, final Gullus, is Mashiach. Right? Moshe and Mashiach, are they related? Sound pretty similar. Moshe, Mashiach, right? Oh, okay. Their names are pretty related, but it's not the same. They're not, definitely not the same person. Why aren't they the same person? Different tribes. Right? Moshe is from the tribe of Levi, and Mashiach is from Yehuda, from Shevet Yehuda. But here we have a beautiful idea. The passage, when Yaakov was blessing Yehuda in last week's Parsha, he blessed him with kingdom. What did he say? La Yasser Shevet me Yehuda, the staff of leadership will never leave Yehuda. Mechokek me Ben Raglov, the uh, judges from between his, his feet, until Adki Yavo Shiloh, until Shiloh will come. What's Shiloh? Last week's Parsha. Leadership, rulership, kingdom will never leave Yehuda until the advent, until the coming of Shiloh. What's Shiloh? So Shiloh represents the coming of Mashiach. <laughs> Rashi says Shiloh is Shehamalucha Shiloh, the one that the kingdom will belong to him. Or Rashi says Shiloh, that gifts will be to him, the nations of the world will bring him gifts. So Shiloh represents the coming of Mashiach, and Yaakov said kingdom will belong to Yehuda until Mashiach will come. Says the Balhaturim. Balhaturim was famous for. Gematria and Remes. He says, Yavo Shiloh. Those two words, Yavo Shiloh, the Gematria Mashiach. The numerical value. Now, you might want to pull out your calculators or you can trust them, or you can do it in your head. <laughs> Yavo Shiloh is 358. The coming of Shiloh is Mashiach. What's Shiloh itself? The Gematria Moshe. Shiloh is Moshe. That's 345, and that's from the Zohar. And Yavo Shiloh, the coming of Shiloh, that's Mashiach. Which means Moshe is the power behind Mashiach. Moshe brings us the Torah. Moshe brings us Hashem's wisdom. And it's through the Avodah of Torah mitzvahs of all these years that Yavo Shiloh, from Moshe comes Mashiach. Mashiach is a direct continuation and extension. Moshe was step one. Moshe brought us the Torah from Hashem. Moshe took us out of Mitzrayim, gave us the Torah, gave us the mitzvahs, gave us the ability to learn, to fulfill the mitzvahs of Hashem. And ultimately Yavo Shiloh, Gematria Mashiach, that from that first Geula, from the first redemption out of Mitzrayim that we were about, that begins in this week's parsha. We come to the final redemption of Mashiach, which is the Yavo Shiloh, taking it one step further. That's up to us. That's our avoda to take the Torah, the teachings of Moshe Rabbeinu, until the coming of Mashiach. May it be the Torah of Mamash.